Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Frigid. I'm frigid. It's 24 degrees out. Uh, I just walked to the store, and I put on more layers than I think I've worn uh, in my life. Um, I felt a little bit like... Uh, our our dear friend, the clone Philip from the Watchmen series, about to be uh, catapulted <laughs> out into space. Right, right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> Jules, Jules hasn't seen that episode yet. No, <laughs> it's, it won't it won't ruin you, anything. You will literally but, yeah. have no. Yeah, there's no way uh, you can understand what's going on because so I don't understand what the uh, fuck's going on. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So also, uh, Jules is joining us again this week. Jules, welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Love so we were on. just uh, chatting before the show a little bit about uh, the other cast we've been doing uh, on HBO's Watchmen series. If you've been uh, watching that show, go check out our review of that. Um, we, Jules, you said you've been watching the you've seen the first two episodes, but not the yeah, third I've one. seen the first two. Yeah, and you, yeah, it's so <laughs> we yeah we've been having a lot of fun reviewing that. Um, you, you, for some reason, our first two episodes actually got a ton of plays, and our, our third episode really stalled out, so I think maybe something with the algorithm is fucking it up, so yeah. if you listen to the first two and you didn't get recommended the third one, go check it out, because it is, uh, we do we do record them on Mondays, so they go up the night after uh, after the episode airs, so you know keep an eye out for that every week if you're watching uh, the show and following along with us, because... Uh, it's getting really fucking weird. <laughs> and, and yep. I, yeah. And, and it's, it's uh, not like you're t- we don't do like a typical just like YouTube like here's the here's the top 10 Here's what you bullshit. missed from the comments. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't do, we do like deep we talk analysis, about that, but not, talk yeah. about uh, themes, talk about the uh, you know the, the history of white supremacy the show is going into in great detail, which is awesome. Uh, right. so yeah, uh, we would love it if you check that out. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that I only started watching it because you guys recommended it. And, you know, I'm going into oh. this without any kind of background knowledge about it whatsoever. And it's it's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like the first two episodes. Yeah. yeah. I, it's and definitely just a, a strange world. Uh, whether you have seen the, you know, Zack Snyder film or read the comics or not, either way, it's pretty enjoyable. That's yeah, why I, I just can't even imagine going in with no... An understanding of where, like, what, the, who these fucking people are that they're talking about. This show must right. be ten times even more like insane and confusing. I actually but, really um, like that though. Like, yeah. even with movies and stuff, I will always read the books later because mm-hmm. I get really, really pissed off when the movie like doesn't live up to that standard, like that I read. Mm, for sure. So for it's just sure. like it's not the same story or whatever, or they like yeah. fuck it up. So. Um, I always like do the opposite of what most people do. So I kind of go into it like as a new person, like, and then I can compare. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, people check that out if you're watching Watchmen uh, and if you're not, you should go watch it cause it's good. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I guess let's just get into the news, uh, for the week. Let's do it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a Warren heavy episode, unfortunately. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> she's been doing some shit. Uh, most of it bad. I'd argue all of it bad, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or in bad faith. Let's put it that way. Maybe yeah, you know. for sure. 
Um, so obviously the most significant thing that she did this week was release her Medicare for all plan. Um, now, you know, she was a co-sponsor of Bernie's original Medicare for all bill. She's said repeatedly that she supports Bernie's bill, you know, in the first debate, I think she was like, Oh, I'm with Bernie on Medicare for all, but it, it became really obvious that she was just watering down Bernie's plans. So she was like, well, I can't just say I'm endorsing his plan. Cause then it's like, well, why vote for me? If, Right. And you're endorsing the other guy's plan. So she had to come up with a way to, to make one of these plans. And she's a terrible um, politician. So whenever she's asked, like, is your plan going to raise taxes? She she goes, I, well, I, well, you know, I the, the, and, and just like can't answer the question. So let me be clear. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then she proceeds to not be clear for 20 right. minutes. Oh, well, but Obamacare. <laughs> she just reversed it. To, to, you know, uh, uh, dear and Heather, I said, I want to do that too, uh, but Obama. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just the, 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 the level of fluster that she gets from like the most basic pushback on her. I mean, Trump Anything. would eat her fucking alive. Like, right. it, it's just so. <clears throat> It's so it's it's really like terrifying to think of her as the nominee, like beyond just the fact that we don't, you know, think she's for real and that she would fight for these things. It's like, can you imagine what Trump would do to her on a debate stage? Right. He would like make her cry. Like, I I genuinely think he would. He would. Um, but uh, so, uh, yeah, no. So her so she can't answer the question. You know, Bernie comes right out and says, yeah, no, taxes are going to go up a little bit. You're going to save way more in healthcare costs. Uh, the average family is going to save thousands of dollars every year. So, you know, no fucking and you're brainer. Get actual care, like yeah, and everyone's going to have healthcare, <laughs> and nobody pays for at the point of service. So, no matter how much healthcare you need, no matter how many, you know, emergencies you have, you're not going to be paying at the point of service, and you're not going to go bankrupt. So, right. um, Warren, you know, already shot herself in the foot because she committed so hardcore to Medicare for all. But also the, you know, the Nero's and Hillary's of the world got in her ear and were like, yeah, you can't really do this. So what she decided to do was come up with a completely untenable and unworkable Medicare for all plan uh, so that later she can go and say, well, you know, shit, I tried, but, you know, Congress wouldn't go for it. No, the Republicans wouldn't go for it. So I guess I got to settle for this public option or I guess we got to set- right. settle for this Medicaid expansion. Right. Um, and, you know, the other thing that they did with this bill is because she's so shifty on the answer of will you raise taxes because you can't fucking fund a healthcare bill without raising taxes she came up with this really uh, like nate silverian type of like bullshit backdoor taxation built into the bill um which w- so that you know matt brinig wrote an article about this for medium he's like this plan was designed so that stupid uh reporters will say that she's not raising taxes on people because they don't uh, understand policy, but basically it has a bunch of built-in backdoor taxes to it. So like Bernie's, a good portion of Bernie's healthcare bill, uh, outside of all the, you know, the other programs that he's going to create and the, you know, speculation tax and et cetera, et cetera, uh, included an 8% payroll tax. Now that's a progressive tax because 8% of my salary is not that much money. 8% of, you know, Bill Gates's fucking salary is a lot of money. So that's a progressive tax. So, you know, there, there right. there's a, a significantly higher amount of money coming into the system for people that make more and the people that make more pay more into the system. Right. Now, what Warren's uh, system does is that she, uh, she built in basically a head tax. So uh, businesses with more than 60 employees... 
<clears throat> excuse me, have a tax of uh, $9,500 per head. Now, that's actually a lot of fucking money right. if you consider a lot of those companies pay people, you know, $30,000 a year. You know, <laughs> a third of their, their income is, is going. And so what that actually is going to do, it's a regressive tax because it's essential. I mean, and leave it to Liz Warren, the fucking former Republican, to come up with a flat tax, basically. Right. So, like, if, if you work at a company and you make $30,000 a year, it's going to, and that company has a lot of employees, it's going to cost them $9,500. If you make, you know, $60 million a year, it's going to cost them $9,500. So, it, it, it incentivizes businesses to not hire lower wage workers because it's like, well, fuck, I'm going to have to pay an extra 25 or 33% of this person's salary towards, you know, Healthcare. She, she's exactly. trying to cater to to center right Democrats that are upper middle class. Um, you know, you look up, you look for the Liz Warren's Twitter account. The the words working class do not appear in any of her tweets ever. She won't say the words working class. She'll she'll make up new words to avoid saying the working class. Like what is it? Her term. She, she says she uh, grew up on the the rough edges of the middle class. Right. What is that like? Fucking meme. Like just just say yeah. fucking working class. You fucking Republican. Because she probably didn't grow up on the fucking edges of the working class. I mean, that's, right. it, you know. And also, like, Democrats loathe the working class. Like, yeah. you know, the working class is, like, the bane of their existence. They're the ones that are pushing for all of these plans that are going to help them and harm the rich. And the rich are basically the base that they care about. <laughs> yeah. They're shitting in their pants about it. Right. Of course. Um, so, you know, it's, of course, bullshit. And, by the way, she's already come out and said that her plan... Uh, is going to cost fifty-two trillion, which is uh, for people keeping track at home, twenty trillion dollars more over the course of ten years than Bernie Sanders' plan would cost. So, you know, where do you think that twenty trillion dollars is going? It's not fucking just the difference in, you know, uh, statistics. It's that twenty trillion dollars is going to stay, you know, in the health insurance industry, and it's going to go to the fucking health insurance companies. Right. Like it, her bill does not make. It basically subsidizes every all the profits that they're making right now exactly. that they might stand to lose. It's actually probably going to increase their profits because the current yeah, healthcare probably. system we have costs us forty is going to cost us forty nine trillion. So her plan would cost more money, uh, and thereby and there's nothing in her bill that I found. And I read the whole fucking thing. I read her medium piece. Nothing in it about banning private insurance, uh, unlike right. Bernie's. Which is essential to the fact to, to, to the success of the bill because you uh, create a single pool to draw from. If you allow a two-tiered system, what you have is that insurance companies will just take a bunch of rich, healthy people on, and then they'll uh, shunt off people that are poor and that are sick into the public health care plan a pool, and that pool become insolvent because it doesn't have money going into it, and it ha- and it's being disproportionately drawn from because it's mostly sick people. Right. So again, she just you know has to always please the billionaire class, despite the fact that they're going around on TV being like, "Oh, these billionaires are so scared of war." Like that's that's the new fucking tactic right. that you see this week is like, um, you know, all the all these people like Bill Gates and all these people are coming out and and it, it's always framed as like, "Hey, well, you know, Liz Warren wants to put institute a wealth tax, and Liz Warren wants to do Medicare for all." It's like. Motherfucker, Bernie Sanders has talked about a wealth tax for like 
seven years. Like he's been talking about Medicare for all since he had, you know, hairs on his head. Like, so this is why I, I've been predicting this for a while that, that Warren's very rapid surge, uh, could evaporate overnight and she's already plateaued. Biden's dropping. Bernie keeps rising in the polls. Right. Because you saw that Monmouth if, poll? If, yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. Uh, because it's, it's like everyone on the left doesn't trust Warren because they see that she's actually on the right. Everyone who's an establishment uh, looks at her and goes, oh, we we don't really know where she is. She she hasn't uh, you know, she's she's not close enough to being our, our Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg. Right. Uh, which is, you know, they're, they're still desperate to find anybody who could be booty judge, but also get behind the polls and actually, uh, you know, raise, uh, raise money. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're, 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 it's, it's obvious. And then you got TYT, which is just basically MSNBC now saying the exact yeah. same bullshit. MSTYT. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I think, I think Warren's support is going to kind of dovetail and go towards Biden and, and Bernie, but it's, it's, you know, it's. Just when the media props up a weak candidate, you know, same as with with Hillary, you know, it, it creates the perception she's going to do well, but she won't in the end. Ultimately, she's going to fucking lose, whether it's to Bernie or somehow if she managed to, you know, if they just like completely shoved everything they could behind her and got her to the nomination, she's going to fold. I mean, Trump would tear her apart, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, undeniably. I think that they really wanted to push her because... She's the least threatening one, but they also figured that she would be palatable for the left. They didn't realize, like, you know, how much, you know, distrust and a whole bunch of different things are going on, like, in the background. I guess they they write us off, like, you know, we're going to just do what they want. So they're going to put it out there that she's a threat to the establishment, and all of a sudden, like, we're going to, you know, be on board. Yeah, no, and it's preposterous. They, they, they just keep, they frame these questions... And they frame Bernie out of them. Like, it's preposterous, the, the level of which, like, like Bill Gates wasn't even asked about Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders is an existential, existential threat to Bill Gates' status as a billionaire. Elizabeth right. Warren is going to take a, 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 a smidgen of his money versus, like, what Bernie Sanders would take. Well, um, he, he tweeted out, Bill Gates tweeted out, that he doesn't know if uh, uh, Warren would even meet with him. Like what? And she immediately responded to his tweet, saying, "Of course, I'd meet with you, Bill Gates." So I I actually have some, (laughs) yeah, I have some stuff from that I want to read. So, yeah, Bill Bill Gates uh, was interviewed about this because apparently billionaires, uh, you know, opinions are important simply because they've you know siphoned fucking money out of the populace. But um, he so he said, "This is Bill Gates on a wealth tax." I've paid ten billion in taxes. I've paid more than anyone in taxes. If I had to pay twenty billion, it's fine. But when you say I should pay a hundred billion, then I'm starting to do a little math over what I have left over. You know what he would have left over if we took a hundred million dollars from Bill Gates? Another six point eight. <laughs> no, wait, six point eight billion fucking dollars. More you money take than that too. Fuck that yeah, guy. I, I know, right? <laughs> Start from scratch. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you goofy fuck. Like you know, exactly. you, yeah. it, like you said, you can't spend a billion dollars. You can't earn a billion dollars in your life. No, certainly There's not. nothing you can do to earn a billion dollars unless you single-handedly like saved humanity, like saved the world. You know, one person mm-hmm. saved the world. Create some amazing technology that's you know reverse climate change, like you know. Yeah, it's just not possible, and you can't yeah. even spend a billion dollars in your lifetime. There's there's no way to do it. 
it, I'm sure he, he has, but but yes, you, well, no, he's probably, no normal non-psychopath could do that. He's funneled something like a quarter of a billion dollars through the Clinton Foundation. So yeah, I mean uh-huh. they they <laughs> they stick their money in places where it gets more power, but it's it, you know all they're buying is more influence. It's not actually like a you know. You couldn't he's, sustain he's, he's, you. You couldn't sustain a. You wouldn't ever spend a billion dollars sustaining a family, and no. you know, just just even with recreation. But then he then he says, you know. "Well, when I die, I'm going to give all my money to charity." It's like, great fucker. Then let us tax it from you now. Yeah, because that's how you actually fund a society is by fucking taking that money and putting it. You know, right. sending it out equally to people. Through social they, services, you know, you know where we're going to be in fifty years when you fucking croak. We're going to be underwater. So, like, maybe exactly. let's... I live on Long Island. We'll be underwater sooner than that. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's such a prick. So, um, yeah, no, this is what he said when he asked. Was and again, he of course is asked about whether or not he'd meet with Elizabeth Warren, not whether whether or not he'd meet with Bernie Sanders, because both him and the interviewer both know, of course not. Like, I would never meet with Bernie. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, but what he said about Warren was, I'm not sure how open-minded she is or that she'd even be willing to sit down with somebody who has large amounts of money. Uh, and then they asked him who he'd vote for in a Trump versus Warren election. He doesn't directly say. He says he'd vote for whoever has the, quote, more professional approach to the presidency, even if he disagrees with them. Clearly I hope that's the, Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope the more professional <laughs> candidate is an electable candidate. So for all the fucking morons like Jank who say that, oh, Bill Gates is one of the good billionaires. No, he's fucking not. He's a fucking soulless, capitalist piece of shit, just parasite. like all the rest he's of them. A parasite. Paras- he is a parasite. Um, so this is what this is what weak ass spineless Elizabeth Warren tweeted out immediately after that <laughs> interview. Uh, I'm always happy to meet with people, even if we have different views. Bill Gates, mm-hmm. if we get the chance, I'd love to explain exactly how much you pay under my wealth tax. I promise it's not $100 billion. <laughs> I promise. Of course. Yeah. It, she starts from a position of compromise, like, right off the bat. Immediately. And she's like, oh, well, I'd love to meet with you so I can tell you about my private position. <laughs> so uh, con- so uh, let's did, contrast did that with what, what Bernie uh, tweeted. Yeah, I was going to say. Bernie immediately also, you know, tweet quote tweeted the the Bill Gates thing and says, "Say Bill Gates was actually taxed a hundred billion dollars. We could end homelessness and provide safe drinking water to everyone in this country. Bill would still be a multi billionaire. Our message: the billionaire class cannot have it all when so many have so little." And then he also tweeted last month that uh, billionaires should not exist. So you know, no differences though between the two. You know, total, total, very similar. Obviously, similar visions for the country. I want to know, how does Elizabeth Warren think that she has a difference of opinion with Bill Gates when she claims to be a, a, a capitalist to the bone and gives Trump a standing ovation when he bashes socialism? Exactly. W- what difference is, is there between Liz Warren and Bill Gates? I see none. Well, well see, she thinks he should have $98 billion, and he thinks she, he should have $107 billion, I think is probably the difference. By the way, again, her fucking wealth tax is another essentially flat tax it maxes out at three percent whether you make two hundred fifty thousand dollars or 250 billion dollars it still fucking maxes out at three percent bernie's tax is a progressive tax rate that goes up to as high as eight percent uh for the top income bracket and i think with his medicare for all proposal it would go up to 10 percent for the top income bracket so isn't know. that how she landed the john legend endorsement because she put yeah, it up right at like fifty million, <laughs> and his net worth <laughs> is forty million, and Bernie's kicks in at thirty-two. Exactly. So, 
John Legend was like, oh, I think she's the best candidate for whatever. And my, my mm-hmm. response was, well, la, la, Well, it's probably bland. a little bit of that. And his wife is a huge shit lib, and she's basically like, was Team Hillary until like mm-hmm. three months ago, so... He was bad too right. during the last primary. He was fucking all. I remember him on like Bill Maher in 2015, and I was just like, "This fucking guy's such a bullshitter." Like he was pretty yeah, bad, but I I always man. felt like he was parodying exactly what she was saying. Oh sure, I'm sure, yeah, for sure. Because she's the one that's a little bit louder about all of it. Like even this year, he was like, "Oh, Bernie's the one with the plans," and all of a sudden he's like, mm, "Team Warren." It's like, what the <laughs> fuck do you mean? <laughs> oh man, did you guys see this other guy who was Team Warren this week on Twitter? Um, Oh my this god! Guy the Jackson. philosophy major. Yeah, I got his shit yeah. queued up here. So, this is you got, okay. You got I, I the have, tweets. Uh, I do. I do. Well, I, I have a friend, and she's in uh, academia. Well, it's a Twitter friend, not uh, real life. And she's always tweeting about how, like, every philosophy uh, major she knows is a guy is just like a total fucking creep, just total slime ball, <laughs> right? Um, this guy's tweets reminded me of that Onion article. Uh, Area man's intelligence just too intimidating for women, and the, and like the gra- <laughs> the graphic is like this guy who's like talking with his hands to this date, and she's sitting there with like her head in her hands, just like oh my god, it's hilarious. It, Accurate, yeah. Yeah. So here, here's this fucking this this <clears throat> random kid. I unironic- I unironically embrace the bashing of rural Americans. They as a group, are bad people who have made bad life decisions. Some, I assume, are good people. But this nostalgia for some imagined pastoral way of life is stupid, and we should shame people who aren't pro-city. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, okay, let's let's have discussions about urban sustainability uh, and not sprawling out all over the fucking place, right? But just hating people live in the country? Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, it's uh, elitist as fuck, you know. Of and course. then, of course, he's a Warren supporter. And he, the next, he, look through his pictures. He's got his fucking. He's got this poster. He probably made himself of Liz Warren's face, horribly photoshopped onto <laughs> Charlize Theron from Mad Max Fury that Road. So fucking creepy. It, it's like her face is looking in a different direction than the head on the photoshopping, right? And then he's painted his face all white, like the fucking like the the cultish uh soldiers in that movie who weren't even her fucking followers like i don't understand like what is it's mixed messages yeah yeah and so then of course i clicked on the link to his website i'm a philosophy phd student at uc berkeley working in philosophy of the mind uh, epistemology and philosophy of science i argue in my dissertation that our concept of consciousness is a uh, functional concept this stands in opposition to the conventional view that thinking of the mind is uh first is uh a first personal how it feels, way, instinct from thinking of the mind in a third-person scientific way. The goal is to articulate the conceptual foundations that make science of consciousness possible. So uh, none of that means anything. No. That just, <laughs> like, that, that Those literally no wonder he likes words. Elizabeth Warren so much. <laughs> <laughs> of course. He's one of these guys that wants to just be contrarian, right? And he learned a bunch of words and jargon that means fucking nothing, Right, so of course, so philosophy. He's the male Amy Therese is what you're saying. Basically. Yeah, he borrowed her thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, uh, and it's he's one of these guys that, like, I guarantee will. They're so contrary, and they're you know, <clears throat> will, they'll end up being uh, ironically fascist, right? Just, just mm-hmm. to like, you know, uh, spite well, the left, wins, right? For sure, and will, then yeah. eventually becomes just like full on regular fascist, of course. Yeah. Like Jordan Look, Peterson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Except, I, I hopefully, this guy doesn't talk as much like Kermit the Frog as fucking Jordan Peterson does. But 
do you see his other tweet? Uh, I think it was in that thread that of that you know that tweet you read. Uh, the need, uh, quote unquote, the need for affordable rural health care equals the need for people who decided to live in rural America to be subsidized by those who live in a more, who live, uh, who, to, excuse me, who choose a more efficient way of life. Rural health care should be expensive, exclamation point, And the expense should be borne by those who choose rural America. So, again, this fucking asshole just uh, uh, immediately supposes that every single person who lives uh, far away from a city is is living there by choice and was not born into circumstances where they don't have enough money to, to move into, you know, to move into a city, which, and again, people, you know, uh, who listen to the podcast who live in a city know that it's extremely cost prohibitive and it's becoming way more so, especially if you live in, you know, New York or San Francisco or, you know, any of the major cities where they're, you know, uh, price gouging people out of existence, price gouging poor people out of existence. So, you know, it's just well, such right. a fucking and, and you know, you know where the real money second. suck is of subsidies is again, it's the suburbs. It's not the country. You, you know, you know who the people are that live in the country. It's the people that grow your goddamn food. You fucking yeah. pretentious prick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the grow the fucking food that you buy at your fucking farmers market on Saturday morning <laughs> after you right. go and have your fucking you know Bloody Gosh. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! What a douche! Especially All right, that guy—he's definitely one that loves oh, brunch. Oh, for sure. He's—he's—he's a—he's he's def- he's like one of those. If Hillary won, we'd be a brunch yeah. douchebags. Hey, sure. I love brunch too, but I got some fucking class consciousness. All right, so I like—I like, yeah, no, for sure. And I, and, I like brunch because I don't wake up early. <laughs> and breakfast. And I always tip twenty percent, so. and I make sure the back of the house gets tipped out too. So there you go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually more of a fan. I, I don't know if this is more white trash or working class, I'm not sure, but definitely more of a fan of like continental buffet kind of breakfast brunches, like that, you know, that you get at like when you say to Best Western, because you can kind of load your plate up with like fucking, you know, like waffles and then carb like, bagel on there. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a fan of those. But um, yeah, so <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't. Th- I'm not sure if we mentioned it on the show already, or if we were talking about it off the air. But uh, Warren also picked up an endorsement from Ayanna Presley, uh, the quote unquote fourth member of the squad. Which you know, <laughs> we I think we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago when Bernie picked up all of the endorsements of uh, squad members that mattered. You know, i.e. AOC, <laughs> Ilhan Omar, and and Rashida yeah. Tlaib. Um, we were like, yeah, of course, Ayanna's not going to be among them because she's uh, considerably to the right of all three of them. And she's, you know, proven herself to be uh, not a leftist by any stretch of the imagination. She's an opportunist who saw a lane that she could, you know, uh, move her way into to be like, hey, no, I'm like one of these, uh, you know, I'm one of these progressive ladies. Like, even though, you know, as as recently as 2016, she's on TV throwing out the hackiest near attend and like, you know, talking points against Bernie Sanders you can ever imagine. Um, and, you know, so it's not much of a surprise that she endorsed Warren, but of course everyone in the press was playing it up. Like this was more important than the endorsements of people like AOC and Ilhan and Rashida, which is, I mean, of you know, they're preposterous. Think that, right. Cause her opinions are the ones that they accept. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like I mean, nobody it, fucking knows who she is. Was, like everyone knows who AOC is. It's, writing you know. all these speculative think pieces, like, oh, it's going to be you know, you know, all you burners are going to be crying when AOC endorses Warren. And then as soon as they <laughs> did, and it was like, oh, it, it actually, what was what was Nate Silver's tweet? 
that uh, endorsements are a thing of the past and, and don't yeah, carry yeah. weight anymore. <laughs> AOC like, endorsed like, Bernie, but does it matter? But do, are, are, aren't we past endorsements? Or haven't something we evolved else? beyond uh, <laughs> petty, you know, petty yeah. endorsements it's like just, that? It's so just unbelievable how fucking the, transparent uh, they are about this shit. I think one of the worst takes I saw was <clears> Emma <throat> Viglin from, from TYT, who was completely fucking biased and is completely unaware of her bias. And she was talking about, well, oh, no one should be surprised because, you know, you know, she she's also from Massachusetts, right? And someone's like, well, you know, they also shouldn't be surprised because she endorsed Hillary Clinton in 2016. She's like, uh, that's ridiculous. If that was consistent, she'd be endorsing Joe Biden right now. <laughs> and then she accused the person who said that of sexism because because it's a bl- another blonde woman. Like, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, Just, she's, I, she's she's fully into the fucking. I don't you know, think they realize like how many of these still with hers and Hillary twenty twenty people are like also going for Warren right now. It's either it Warren or K Hive. Like I honestly have not met any people in the wild that like Joe Biden. Let's be yeah. real. I'm pretty sure the only people that support Kamala at this point are like that that cop lobster guy. Like people that like that's like her only demographic right now. Is like, yeah, it's like the Brock Bats put too much into it to like kind of abandon like ship right now. Fifty year old yeah. ex cop security guard douchebags, like you know, like who's sexualizing eight year old children. Yeah, yeah, yeah great, great supporters of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how Emma does it. How she has this this fissure in her mind where she's still she's like, oh, like Bernie, Bernie Warren, Bernie Warren. She, she, uh, but, she's you know, so I, she's so shameless that like now she f- probably reflexively knows she has to defend Warren because if like because she defends every shitty thing she says like now right. and, and she'll be like well this is bad but because she's already pot committed if she's if she all of a sudden's like yeah you know guys I was wrong she'll look like a fucking asshole because we've been telling her all along like you're gaslighting everybody like d- d- Warren is not a leftist she's not a, even a progressive she's not good like she's bad she's hillary 2.0 she's just way better at hiding it than hillary was um yeah i, I tweeted at her i said you know the the only difference between hillary and warren is their level of contempt for, for others yeah. Uh, yeah but that's because warren's not as rich as hillary yet i guarantee that she'll get there <laughs> yeah, and then true. she'll be just as much of an asshole yeah, yeah no, she, what, she didn't have she didn't have a rich what Warren lacks in uh, what Warren lacks in in contempt for others she makes up for with uh, being completely naive about where she is and what's going on around her. Yeah, right. She's not as calculating as Hillary, I would say, is an, another difference. But that's probably to her disadvantage because Hillary knew actually how to f- like fuck over people and play the game, play the system. Like Warren, it can't even do that shit. Like that. That's like you know another. T- knock against her if you want to you know call that a positive in terms of actually like winning an election like that's not at all she's just she's just like fucking like naive i that's the the prevail the prevailing feeling i get from her is like naivete and like just haplessness like that's you know the other thing i think is the fact that democrats really want like a monarchy or whatever (laughs) so fucking bad that Mm -hmm. they would just like put up with Hillary being like, this is, you know, that birthday picture where she's like, this is your future president or whatever the fuck she wrote. Like, they like that shit. Happy birthday to a future president. Exactly. They love that shit. They're like, oh my God, you know, she's a smart woman and, you know, she knows what she's doing and she's like, Everything you know, Democrats and would vote for Margaret Thatcher over. Oh Bernie yeah, Sanders. for oh for sure, for sure. I mean, they voted for Hillary Clinton's. What's the fucking difference? Like, like you know, I said, if Pelosi like... could, she would give mouth to mouth to Reagan's corpse right now and just <laughs> fucking bring him back and make him president. 
Oh, she's, somebody, she's, she's about the same age as Reagan when he uh, shoved off the, the world, isn't he? We should only be so lucky. <laughs> someone, that should, uh, too. someone should do uh, a meme. They're about to like, shut us off. <laughs> I know, right? That, that, like, happy birthday to this future president, but do a shot of, like, Liz Warren speaking at the Federalist Society and just say, like, <laughs> happy birthday to this future president. Republican or Democrat, who knows? But the, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, if, if I showed my, my parents a picture of Liz Warren speaking at the Federalist Society, they would just say, oh, well, she evolved. Bipartisanship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, you know, they, they'll take anybody from the right who has even marginally come over to, to the center over somebody from the left. It's right. just, it's, and you know it's what? disgusting. If she genuinely was like, look, I was fucking wrong about that shit, it would be one thing. But she fucking, like everything else, fucking lies about it and obfuscates. She was like, oh, well, I, you know, when I was a Republican, I wasn't really politically active. Really? You were speaking at the fucking Federalist Society and you weren't politically active? It's one of the most insidious fucking right-wing think tanks in all of Washington. Well, that was back when she was dying her hair black because she was still pretending to be Native American. Oh, God, yeah, that oh, video. Yeah. You sent me that video, and I could not believe that her skin... Like, she yeah. genuinely, like, like she Rachel dyed her dolls hair all her skin, yeah, she, too. I was going to say, she, like, doles all the shit out of herself. <laughs> <laughs> she really did. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, just, you know, we all got to gotta do something to get into Harvard, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Well, she was their first uh, <laughs> professor, uh, a woman of color professor, as they did mention in one of their Harvard Review Journals in 1990 or whatever it was. Um, yeah, just wow. Yeah. If only she could pick Justin Trudeau as a running mate. Oh, my God. <laughs> all, all black and brown face ticket. That, that, that's really what we need, I think, for the Democrats. That, that actually hate natives. That would be... Yeah, that actually fuck over native people and, build, and are totally fine with pipelines, you know. Exactly. Raping that's their cool. fucking land, like, in, and, you know, spilling shit all over the place. Like, that's, yeah. Ugh, God. Um... All right. Well, you know, I think we've, we've covered Warren as, about as much as I can stand for stand an episode. To but uh, yeah, so let's talk briefly about um, the elections uh, of of Tuesday uh, because there were you know a lot of local elections. There weren't a ton of big elections uh, this go around. It's, a, it's an off year. It's not even a midterm year for you know the House or, or obviously a big presidential year. So typically, when in those off years, you see like. You know, city council and mayoral races and things like that. Um, Kentucky governor, though, was one of the races that was actually up uh, this year. And uh, in a shocking upset, Matt Bevin, who's one of the worst motherfucker. Like, I cannot stress enough if you don't know him. One of the worst motherfuckers worst. on the planet. Like, he, he he's like probably worse than Trump. I mean, he's, he's worse than Trump because he's actually an ideologue. Like, he's just vehemently anti-union vehemently anti-teacher he fucking hates women's you know reproductive health like he's just he's an absolute he, he did he's the a video, complete shit bag yeah, yeah where, where he's standing in front of a tree with his oh, arms God. on his hips just like total <laughs> total dad mode talking about how uh, bernie's communism is going to destroy america and how we all have to fight against it and uh, I mean, it was it was impressive because he was trying to run as a Trump surrogate. Trump came there and was like, "Oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reelect this guy because if you don't, it looks bad for me." 
<laughs> and, and people were and like, it, all right, guy, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and they really tried to tie, uh, you know, the, the Democratic candidate for, for Kentucky governor to AOC uh, and, and Bernie and some of these other people on the left, even though he's, he's nowhere near them. It's laughable. Uh, yeah. it, it is. It is. But still, the fact that Trump won in Kentucky by 30 percent, uh, you know, the, it is a... It is, a, I think, a referendum on where people are at right now, uh, hopefully. Yeah, so, and, and a couple of th- takeaways from that race. So, and obviously, the guy, the Democrat who won, Andy Bashir, is not great. Uh, you know, he, he, he's probably progressive for Kentucky, although, you know, I, you know I, I would have major issues with him just looking over his policies. But uh, Bernie did go out and campaign for him because it was going to be such a close race. And right. For for all his kind of milk toastness, he's not, he had a populist streak to him, in terms of the way he campaigned at least. So I think that that really, you know, resonated with with Kentuckians. Like he really talked a lot about unions and teachers. Like he thanked them for their for his win. That was, that was like the first group he thanked right. when he won. So like he. He, he, he's shitty on a lot of things, but he's not overall. Sh- he's not like a total. Shit I, get, I got a couple. So. Uh, I got a couple things listed oh, yeah, off sure. here. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things he said he would do executive order day one would be to restore voting rights to 140,000 uh, Kentuckians who are former convicts. Right, and that yeah. was something Great. that, awesome. of course, you know, Republicans don't want felons to be able to vote. Uh, no matter even if they've served their sentence. Um, another one was to uh, he was planning to halt. Uh, Bevin's plan to kick 95,000 Kentuckians off of Medicaid because they were unemployed. Mm-hmm. Right. So just, I mean, yeah. imagine how many people that like become unemployed because of an injury or illness. And then on top of that, they, they would just lose their health care coverage at the same, like what the fuck is wrong with yeah. them? Now, Matt so. Bevin's a, a, one of the grossest motherfuckers on the planet. Right. On the other hand, uh, the new guy, Andy Bashir uh, supports clean coal, which <laughs> yeah, doesn't exist. Uh, it's a fantasy. Yeah. And he was also endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. So, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, here's the thing, right? He has a lot of name recognition from his dad. It's his dad, right? Or his dad was the former governor, I believe. Right, exactly. Yes. So, yeah. Um, well, he was also an attorney did, general. Like, that goofy-ass too. rebuttal like, a couple years ago at the State of the Union. Oh, God. Was <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it the was fucking so old, the old ghost yes! in the diner? Oh, my God. Yes! That was his dad? Yes, it was oh so bad. I thought I hallucinated that. I can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, people, you know, he was he was relatively good compared to all these other fucking troglodytes that they get, yeah. um, you know, to <laughs> teachers and unions and stuff like that, especially the fact that a lot of them have been losing their jobs with all these coal plants and mining plants and everything, basically just all these jobs evaporating and just shipping out. Yeah, yeah, and, and Bevan, you know, made it a point to to in, institute a bunch of fucking right to work laws, you know, anti union right. laws, and to take on teachers. Like he really fucking took on teachers, uh, and that's not a fucking popular position in 2019. Like people understand nope. how important got, teachers are. Not when you've got so statewide consciousness teacher strikes. Is- Right. And class consciousness is actually pretty strong in Kentucky because mm-hmm. a lot of these jobs are, you know, manufacturing jobs and teaching jobs and stuff like that. And most of them are or were union and people really relied on that, especially because, you know, they're a lot of them were losing their jobs um, and, you know, salaries have stagnated for so long. So they relied on their union to even just have, have health care. <clears throat> and they have a really, really high rate of um like opioid addiction as well. Like, you know, many of these other states do. So, you know, 
they needed somebody that was going to look out for them. And the first thing that Bevan did was basically cut every single thing that helped these people. Yep. Yeah, no, of course. And we've been saying for going on, you know, two and a half fucking years on this podcast, like you can win in the South with, you know, populist pro-union fucking candidates. Like it's, it's, right. you know, Not the according to Nancy proves, Pelosi. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, Nancy Pelosi also thinks that a, a, a billion, a, a wealth tax would be super popular in San Francisco, but not in rural Kentucky. Cause she's the dumbest fucking human being that's ever, you know, been birthed into this fucking world. Like so, San Francisco is full of fucking billionaires. I, I know we've mentioned it a couple times, but have you guys uh, seen the, the documentary Harlan County, USA? Before. No, I haven't seen that. No. Yet. Oh God, it's so good. Uh, so it's a documentary made in the 1970s about these uh, coal miners that were on <clears> strike, <throat> right? Mm. Uh, but it references like the 1930s strikes and basically all-out guerrilla warfare that took place between the coal miners and the police and scabs uh, oh, yeah. back at, back in the 30s. Insane um, strike. And in, in the 70s, very you know, almost similar things <clears throat> happened. Not quite as bloody, but still, people got shot and killed, right? Uh, between between the the company scabs the police and the striking mine workers, but it's just absolutely amazing documentary. Um, very low budget out. produced. It was a woman from uh, New York City. I don't remember the director's name who shot the film, um, but really like you know just amazing to to see. Early 1970s might as well have been 1930s for as little as anything has changed there in in some of those uh, you know valleys between these mountains where you know they're, they're essentially cut off from the rest of the world. But um, yeah. you know they go to they go to this uh, they go to New York City actually at one point to to protest on Wall Street right while they're on strike right and there's a there's a great scene between uh, this uh, coal miner and this uh, very young police officer who's just kind of there chatting with him and he's like you know every day. The electricity for those lights up there, somebody's dying for it in Kentucky, right? And he, uh, they kind of talk about how much they make, and the cop's like, you know, I can retire in, like, five years, full pension. And he's like, that's that's insane. Like, I can't I can't retire until I'm, like, 80. <laughs> so, uh, by which point I've been dead for 20 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, we'll, you'll die a black lung by the time you're 40, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, and, you know, and that, and that one good thing that Andy Bashir did talk about, despite the fact that he has to fucking push that clean coal myth because he's, you know, running in coal country, he did also run on a just transition, you know, for fossil fuel workers and yep. for coal workers. So, you know, I, I think the more we can get candidates who are willing to kind of de emphasize the clean coal bullshit and more uh, to re emphasize the, the Green New Deal and just transition, um, that's, how you fucking win in those states and absolutely I, I, you know for sure um well you guys you both both you <clears throat> saw uh bernie's town hall he did in west virginia yeah of course excellent yeah no it just yeah <laughs> and and he, when, yeah, when again, you can first. when you can change people's minds live on the air right and 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 broadcast that that's just incredible to see yeah, no, I think he's I, done it several yeah. times, you know, um, especially the town halls. I feel like that's where he does really well, as opposed to these debates where, like, he gets to speak, like, Ugh. all of a minute and 50 seconds. Horrible. Like, the whole three hours that they're fucking up there, you know, talking nonsense. But, um, you know, he really does well when he's connecting with people and talking about the issues that they care about and also answering their questions. I mean, how many times has he like gotten these people that started out like really hostile were probably planted and then like he answers their question and you can see like the wheels turning in their heads. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that, that's my favorite thing from from a Bernie Town Hall is when he gets like the fucking the 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 semi chuds, like not the full on chuds, but like the, the you know the half chuds who are like, well, you know, uh, this is gonna cost me a lot of this is gonna cost my company a lot of jobs, and how are you gonna you know? And then he and then he fucking flips it on him, and and by the end, half the time they end up agreeing with him, uh, and yeah. it, it's like that's his. It, but that's the thing is like that's why the media tries so hard to never include him in polls, never include him in discussion, always try to frame it as Warren and Biden and Buttigieg, which is fucking preposterous, you know, um, because when well, people actually they, hear they, from him, they fucking love him. And that's, that's why, why they attacked know. him for going on Fox, because they know that that audience and those hosts are going to be more fair to him than anywhere else. You know, when you go on a, yeah. on a network with a, a, a audience that's mostly poor right wing white people, and he speaks to their material conditions, they know that he's going to win them over, right? And that terrifies them uh, because they, you know, they, they want to bring in the, the, the wealthy right-wing donors. They don't want to bring in poor right-wing voters. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, other than that, though, uh, everyone else in Kentucky, all the other Democrats running in Kentucky lost because... They ran a bunch of shitty, you know, centrist right wing Democrats and they lost to the further right candidate, um, you know, uh, and uh, but, you know, Virginia, there are actually some really good results like Virginia. They actually managed to flip the state legislature. Yep. Uh, Lee Carter got reelected, uh, re which is yep. fucking awesome. You know, open socialist running in, in Virginia. Uh, won uh, pretty pretty solidly. Uh, also, they threw a lot of money at defeating him. Um, you know, his first race, they kind of ignored him. They were like a socialist in Virginia, ha. Huh. You know, like trying to unseat the incumbent, and like he, you know, this time around, like they really went at him. They've been going at him for the whole time he was in office, basically, and uh, it did not go the way that they, you know, wanted to. They basically lit their money on fire. Yeah, yeah and his yeah. tweets are great too, by the way. And I think the first time I saw him on TV, I was like, "Oh shit, he's not just funny on Twitter. He can go on TV and just run fucking circles around these hosts too." Yeah, yeah no, I want to see him run for like a house seat, like a, a like a U.S. house seat. In, in I Virginia. hope that's I next. That's, I really do. Yeah, me too. That would be a great. Another ally to, uh, for the squad, you know, in Congress. Another uh, yeah. big Virginia victory was this uh, young woman, uh, Abrar Omiesh, who's 24 years old, yes. Muslim, young Muslim woman, just got elected to a uh, Fairfax County School Board in Virginia. So, nice. yeah, <laughs> the times are definitely changing. I, I just I love seeing so many young people running right now uh, and, and just, you know, credit to them, but also credit to Bernie for inspiring people and making them realize that, you know, there is hope if you right. really actually fight for what's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, uh, there, there's, there's a very, uh, strong disdain for electoralism from the left, which I understand to a large extent, but I also think that, uh, liberals have used that to their advantage for decades now to push the party uh, further and further to the right. And I think the only way we're going to win is like that, like two prong strategy where we keep the activist pressure on them, but also run fucking open socialists, run open communists, like in these races, like fuck it, you know, see what happens. Yeah. Well, like, they, they, all the shit they fucking threw at Occupy, like, oh, you just have a bunch of demands and you won't work within the system. You won't you do this, you won't do that. It's like, okay, you want us to fucking <laughs> run people, we're going to run some fucking commies. 
All right, we're gonna run some fucking. Wait, no, socialists. not like that. We didn't mean like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <clears throat> fucking Bill Maher. Fuck that guy. Yeah, uh, that what a another t- big one that's actually still ongoing off. is Kashama Sawant in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Amazon, Boeing, and like all these major corporations, um, you know, in the tech world, basically threw millions of dollars to unseat her and. Um, you know, she went from almost a 9% deficit and last I checked, she's around 2% and there's still thousands of more ballots. And the late ballots usually, um, you know, go in her favor. And this is what happened with the last election as well. So do you know anything about the guy over there? The the guy running against her, do you know much about him? I don't, except for that he was backed with a lot of corporate money. Amazon... Alone through 1.5 million dollars into his campaign, which right. is and I think a there was record. Like 15 for local corporations um, that basically, and also just the wealthy in general, that threw a lot of money in this race. It was millions. Yeah, he's and he, he's a he's a he's a prosecutor, so he's a fucking cop. So like, it's like right. the, the 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 contrast could not be more. Um, you know, so it, it says here he's a, a read that he's a small business owner and a pride organizer. So right there, like, oh, corporate money. Oh, wait, 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 uh, no, I'm looking at another guy. And, okay, never mind. And um, so, so some fucking, so, so in this, this tweet I found from a, a Team Pete hashtag in his bio, uh, so oh Pete boy. Booty Judge supporter, uh, it, it was defending the guy running against uh, Kashama, uh, saying, well, he's, he's just a small business owner and a pride organizer who wants to reduce rents through tactics other than rent control. <laughs> Like, what the fuck even is that? What are those tactics? They're like, charity, oh, yeah, we're going to get charity. a UBI, so they're just going to take all the $1,000. Here, here's an <laughs> Applebee's gift card. <laughs> like, who, who the fuck here's is supposed to... Here's some so, fucking uh, yeah. Pell Grants that we can, <laughs> Pell can use. Like. Who is opposed to rent control and still uses the word tactics, is what I want to know. Like... <laughs> So, well, I yeah, mean, this it, is it, the it, Bill, it, Bill Gates thing all over again. Like, oh, sure. Well, I, I want the I want the freedom as a billionaire to choose which groups I'm going to give my vastly unearned, you know, wealth to. Exactly. Right. And they're and all going to be, these, you know, they're all going to be groups that align with him currently. And they already have the money. It's not like he's giving them to people that are actually doing the work and, you know, are underfunded. Yeah, so the guy that said that, that was defending this fucker who uh, opposes rent control, admitted that he's a real estate investor. It's like they all have the same attitude. Like, well, if you impose rent control and I'm not allowed to make the maximum amount of profit possible, then I'm just not even going to build any condos that are going to be unaffordable to you anyway. Like, oh, scary. Yeah, that's me. the fucking Fuck idea, you. guy. Like, I what remember. You, like, <laughs> like, no, they really do this, though, because I remember I was working in... Um, in management and um, in New York City years ago, that was like one of my first jobs out of college. And um, my boss, about property management, went, yeah, property management. And my boss went and spoke to a group of like low income people that were trying to get into this new building. And so they have like um, an entire workshop basically on how they can sign up for like New York City housing and like to buy and to rent. And I'm sitting there watching him talk to these people. And I'm like, this guy is so fucking full of shit. And I'm like, and not only that, he's going to make sure that these buildings are never built. And he's sitting here giving them advice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the most disgusting predatory. It's, it's among the most pr- disgusting predatory industries in the entire country. Oh, the you guys see it was that. soul-sucking. Um, it was like part of a PowerPoint presentation for some like landlord conference about how to get around... New York City rent control Run laws. Run by Hannibal Burris. 
it, well, that's not it, surprising at all. They they he, would have Chicago, workshops. But so yeah. this basically it said like, well, because you can't jack the rent up more than a certain amount, but find two people in two adjoining uh, apartments in a victim. And then knock out a wall between the unit. And then it's a new development. And then you can jack the fucking rent up as high as you want. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, here's how it literally says. No, it it just straight up said, here's how you can legally get around the, the rent control. But how? But how? To, how are you like it? Just, uh, just well, it depends on what state. But evicting people is illegal unless you have like you know significant uh, due pro. You know, there's a significant level of due process in you know non fucking uh, shit. You know, part of it was states, was to uh, they said you know if you need to do this, approve somebody who can't actually afford it. Oh, so that, it's like what the banks know. did with the fucking exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mortgages. So you get you get somebody in there that you, you, you are highly suspect of them being able to actually pay the rent, so you know that they're not going to be able to afford it, and then you can evict them for that. And it said that in the PowerPoint, it said like you know, uh, approve somebody who isn't eligible because I've of never seen that happen. Um, only because in New York, they, I mean, they say that they're for the tenants, so the process takes a really long time, especially if you have a kid or a pet. Um, and your yeah, the eviction process can take over a year. Um, yeah. Your first court date usually comes after about nine months, so they don't really try to say that to you here, but they will try to say like this is an old apartment that's under rent control, or it's just an old apartment in general, and we can get a lot more money for it because the area you know is up and coming or whatever. Sure. So they'll just like you know start to destroy shit in the in the building and say that it needs to be renovated or that you know they, right. they'll just make life unbearable for the people living there and i've seen it happen well trump did i mean trump's famous oh, for yeah. doing that to 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 push people he would buy like slums and like just completely not only not maintain them on purpose, which is, again, a violation of the fucking law, but he would actually, like, send thugs in to, like, you know, break the fucking water line or, like, do all these things to the point where these people were, like, so... Uh, and he learned this from his father, who did the same shit. These people were, like, so, like you know... And, of course, a lot of them just waited him out out of spite, and he ended up, you know, having to, to give up on some of these projects. But he would just do that to fucking knock him down and build, you know... A parking lot for his casino, or yeah. a fucking well, I mean, like back in the seventies in the Bronx, they would just light the buildings on fire, and that was that was the real easy way to get rid of them. them. Yeah. yeah, with people still in them, uh, I think eventually they changed the insurance law, and, all, uh, and like all the arson stopped overnight. Basically, is what I read. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it, this this is say in Detroit, they uh, Detroit just came out of bankruptcy a couple of years ago. Uh, after shutting down like a third of the schools and a third of the fire departments, right? And somehow, uh, less than a year after coming out of bankruptcy, the city found $450 million to give to uh, the Little Caesars Pizza family, who already have $5 billion, to build them a new fucking hockey arena for the Red Wings uh, in an area that had been allowed to just fall apart for, for decades. You know, they just basically, you, you know, evict everybody, uh, knock the windows out, let the rain come in, and go, oh, look, this area is blighted. Uh, whatever could we do with it? And the bank buys up all the property and then fucking waits for the city to come along Urban and renewal. pay for it. Exactly, yeah. And we'll get fucking Kid Rock to come play and have all these fucking racist motherfucking Confederate flag. Listen, listen. Those hot shit. and ready pizzas aren't going to pay for themselves, all right? You know, <laughs> they can't sell those things for $5 they, unless they're heavily subsidized by the uh, Detroit They put the uh, fucking government. Little Caesars logo on top of this thing, and you can see it from goddamn space right now. Go to fucking Google uh, 
fucking maps or whatever and zoom in on downtown Detroit. And there it is, the fucking Little gross. Caesars so pizza gross. pizza guy staring up at the fucking satellite. Gross. I'm glad so we gross. don't have that shit over here. Yeah. <laughs> That's luckily, one. Uh, you know, Manhattan and, and New York has largely... Uh, luckily avoided that shit, you know, for the most part, which is why all the sports teams from New York play in Jersey. Um, but you know, they're, they're like MSG has been there for a million years. So that really is not, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't know the story behind that, but I, I would think it's not as gross of a story as, as like modern, you know, sports stadiums, but what's yeah. MSG, uh, Madison square garden. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, New York, for, for New York lingo. We just we just assume everyone knows, you know. Yeah, MSG. Not everyone lives in New York. And City Field. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yes. And Queens, yeah. But then, and yeah, and Yankee Stadium. But Yankee Stadium had, you know, the original Yankee Stadium for a hundred plus years was on that you know same spot in the Bronx. So that thing wasn't, you know. Um, What's the train funded? station you guys knocked down for no good reason? Was that Penn Station? The really pretty one that everyone... They knocked down the really nice Penn Station, and now it's a, 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 a hell's tunnel to, to, you know, the, the worst. It's like, it's, it's a miserable fucking train station now. It, it's, but you got another one, though. New York has, like, another really old classic Well, Grand Central is, be, is beautiful. Grand Central. The, 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 uh, the, you know, the center concourse, whatever you want to call it, Grand Concourse. Yeah. Um, is, is, is beautiful, you know, uh, architecturally, but... Right. Yeah, Chicago's yeah, got a great train station, a uh, gorgeous old train station, but they want to put like 10 stories of, of glass condos on top of this like old uh, like Greek architecture columns thing. And like, oh, let's put glass condos on top of that. No one will notice. Like, what? Why? Didn't they that's, want to do that all... to uh, Notre Dame Cathedral, too? Like, they had some fucking... <laughs> they do still have sort of a plan to do like a modern uh, glass cathedral type roofy thing, which, I mean, you wouldn't even really see it from the ground, but whatever. I don't... I don't really give a shit. It's going to be a bunch of corporate brands trying to own that whole restoration process anyway. We talked right. about that a couple of times. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it's just, I'm all for historic preservation, right? But it's, you know, it, it the, especially when it comes to, you know, the, the, the green angle, right? Like people talk about, oh, we need all these green new buildings and everything. And it's like, well, but you built it. Uh, especially with like schools, right? Like they'll they'll knock down the school that was right in the neighborhood, in a in a small town, and then build a new school that's like five miles outside of town. Mm-hmm. So like, oh well, we we no one can walk to school or bike to school, uh, and now everyone drives their kid to school. But uh, we put some bioswales in the parking lot, and it's like that that got a lead certification. It's like no, don't that <laughs> you're, that's yeah, you know uh, school yeah. sprawl, yeah, no for sure. Um, yeah. All right. So, um, the last thing I want to talk about today is, uh, of course the, the raging discourse online, uh, about (laughs) boomers because, you know, I've been known to make a boomer joker 20 in, in, in my life. And, uh, you know, and on er, literally invariably every time I tweet it on Twitter, even though I half the time tweet it with the disclaimer tweet underneath, this is not aimed at you if you're one of if you if you you know support Bernie or if you're a leftist that you know but it, this is aimed at your generation as a whole because I mean come on like do I need to explain any further guys like what the fuck like look at look what look at what happened in the fucking 80s but so um you know uh, I I guess I, I don't know if, if if the zoomers started this or if, or if we started this millennials started this but you know it, it's 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 like a thing now to just reply to anyone who uh, makes a really hacky argument uh, 
any kind of right wing argument with like okay boomer, yeah. uh, whether they're a boomer or not, and it, and it's very enjoyable because it usually enrages people, especially if they actually are boomers, <laughs> um, you know. And well, it it really it defies the actual age, right? Because uh, Bernie Sanders is not a boomer. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is definitely a fucking boomer. hundred oh, <laughs> percent. And yeah, by the way, he started Bernie Sanders boomer hall monitor, and now he's like. <laughs> Straight up corporate boomer. Yeah, no, and that, and that's that's the point. I think we, we I, I always would make when when there be like Bernie supporters who are like sixty five, being like, oh well, I'm a boomer, and we're not all like that, you know. Hashtag not all boomers, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, guys, I know. Come on, like this, this, uh, come on. Like I'm not talking about you. You know who I'm fucking talking about. They I'm talking really about everybody in your fucking life cycle in your age group who uh, allowed. A, a, a procession of right-wing Democrats and Republicans to tank our fucking economy. Like that's that's who I'm talking about, and you and know, still hold on to power. And if and you look at the demographics the of the people that are va- voting for them and propping them up, hate to break it to you, but it's your age group. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> disproportionately. <laughs> you don't see you know a 19-year-old voting for like some 70-year-old that says Medicare for all will never happen. Like, and um, <laughs> fuck you, you need to like pay those student loans until you're you know 700. Yeah. <laughs> Like you, you know who's not fucking voting Bernie Sanders into office uh, by and large is baby boomers. Like I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's just not. But um, so but you know so that that became a big uh, point of discussion this week because there were like some people like some leftists who were like, oh, we need to stop this generalizing about boomer and and it, and it's again it became a whole stupid argument for like three days on Twitter where we all went back and forth with each other about how right. it's not an age, it's a mindset, you know, which we've been saying from the start. By the way, Bernie, I didn't even realize, isn't actually even a boomer. Like, he's actually a, a silent generation. He's right on the edge. So he's act, so it, 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 he's not even a boomer in, in name. Like, he's, you know, right. he's actually older than boomers. So, you know, um, but... To his credit. So, to his credit, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but there's this thread actually that somebody posted, uh, on Twitter, uh, at Gwen Snyder, PHL that I thought was really fucking good. And it's fantastic, uh, by the way, people should follow her if you aren't Yeah, I, I, I hadn't actually followed her before, but I, 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 you know, did after I saw this thread because it's incredible. And I, I experienced similar uh, situations to what she experienced in terms of mentality. So I just want to read out her thread and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, imagine being, uh, of a generation that spent 30 years writing dour hot takes about how disappointed you all were by Gen X millennial zoomers and then getting your panties in a bunch that a bunch of, uh, young people, uh, might dare generalize a bit about your age cohort. Uh, also speaking it, which is a great point. Also speaking as someone with 16 years of organizing experience under my belt, boomerism has been alive and well, even in the active movement spaces for some time I've seen, uh, a boomer professor teaching movements class who decided she'd teach us movements with hands-on experience, canvassing on behalf of a petroleum energy vendor to sign up locals for their more expensive, cleaner energy program. <laughs> uh, that same boomer professor getting super mad when a few of us talked about organizing against that particular assignment. Uh, boomer anti-war activists propose uh, reinstituting the draft because unemployed young people in the middle of an economic crisis weren't paying enough attention to a six-year-old war 2010 Uh, boomer economic justice advocates uh, boomer uh, economic justice activists 
shout down an invited panel of occupiers to explain to them why Occupy should have just listened to them about what to do uh, to fix the economy, 2011. Uh, and by the way, I, I'm, I'm going to keep reading her thread, but that's super prevalent in general in any kind of a democratic party space is anytime anyone who's an activist says anything, you just hear the instinctive like boomer shh. Like you can see it in, you can hear it in every fucking video. Like when you, when, at, at, when somebody's like, you know, standing up to speak, uh, when Tom Perez is fucking, you know, blathering on and, and they start yelling at him or Biden. There's just the, 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 the chorus of shushes around that person. And that's like, shush, wait your turn. We know what we're doing, even though we've, you know, let this train fly off of a fucking cliff. Like, just let us keep doing that. Like, that's that's 100% what that that shush is to me. And, and it makes me, it's like one of my biggest fucking, it like triggers me, basically. Like, I, I, when I hear that, I like it. It makes me fucking nuts. I'm going to remember um, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, no, not just shush and but like that specific shush in, in the, like the any kind of an shush. Act- the boomer shush in a democratic <laughs> setting when any kind of an activist is trying to make a larger point. You know who doesn't fucking do that? Bernie Sanders. You know who gives his mic to a Black Lives Matter activist who jumps on stage? Who is trolling him. He wants to genuinely hear yeah. what they're upset about. And I exactly. feel like yeah. that's really important is, you know, being able to listen as much as you speak. And, you know, a lot of these older generations don't have that level of respect for the people that are coming after them and they don't want to hear our perspective. They want to tell us what they think. Yeah. Because they know better, even though they've, they've led, right. again, I said, led the fucking car off a cliff. Like, you right. know, Bernie hasn't always been in the best mood when people have disrupted him. Um, no. I think he, he, he that, that when the, the two uh, young black women did that, uh, he relented because he realized like they weren't going to give up. Right. Uh, yeah. There was there was a incident when he was speaking a few years prior to that, before he was running for president, where some uh, people were uh, disrupting a speech he was giving, and they were you know speaking out for uh, human rights for Palestinians. Bernie was not so gracious, uh, and he yelled "shut up" at them several times, uh, which at the, at the time I was kind of like, "That's not the Bernie I know," and I, I've known about Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders for a long, long time, for about at least ten years. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he's, um, he's a good listener, you know, like he has had teachable moments. He's tried to move further left on a lot of these things, like further than anybody else in including the federal government. Ultimately he is older. He has been in, you know, the Washington, you know, I guess circle for a really, really long time. So you do, you know, it's impossible to not become out of touch. Yeah, but I think that, you know that more than anybody years. else. You know, he when he started off as an activist, he, he was just he was a fucking member of the Socialist Party, right? right? And and he's held on to I think more of that than anybody possibly could. Even I mean, you see, you see we we were worried that like AOC couldn't even make it nine months before caving <laughs> right. under all this pressure. You know, like it, and when she endorsed Bernie, and she said, I don't know how he's held on to his roots so well after decades in this city. Yeah, and I actually, and that's another reason why I think we talk a lot about why Bernie in some ways, and it, and it's not saying he's the last shot, but in terms of people coming up right now, I think it's like impossible for somebody to get elected like Bernie anymore. Like it, for somebody to get in and then just stay completely uncorrupted for 30 years in politics. Because he came into the system when it was a completely different system. Like right. corporate money was not nearly as, as, as you know ubiquitous as it is now. 
um, you know, and I, I, Lee Carter actually, when he won the other day, uh, yesterday, I think it was posted a, a great Bernie quote that was something along the lines of, uh, you know, they don't let people like me sneak into office very often. And, right. and it, but, and it's so true. And like, I think Lee's another guy who's like really just snuck in and it's like, it's going to be really fucking hard to get guys like that elected and got, you know, when I say guys, you know, ungendered, but right. it's going to be... Folks. I think for so many decades, Bernie really had to have a spine because he didn't really have any allies. I think that mm-hmm. the new crop of, you know, social Democrats and also even socialists, if they come forward, um, are going to have a little bit of an easier time because they're going to find sympathetic ears, um, you know, that are already in office or that are so, running yeah. with them. Um, you know, and I think that that's really important. I feel like, you know, when you're the only one, you're constantly getting beaten down. It's kind of it's kind of hard to like keep that position and also you know do what you think is right and also you're getting so much like shitty information and you're like stuck in this bubble yeah yeah you know well i I think also um you know aoc spoken on this before that they underestimate these candidates right or they think oh lee carter that's socialist that's just a label the kids use they don't really know what it means they're not really gonna you know they they don't they're that's just the buzzword for them. Remember that, like, like, oh with, shit, they actually are uh, fucking socialist. <laughs> that like fuck with that was uh, another Virginia House member who like held up a fucking like a hammer and sickle behind him when he was speaking. Oh yeah, like, another Democrat actually. It was, of course, it was a Democrat, of course. And and, and like and he, you know, it's just th- these people are fucking chill. Like it, that, which and that's actually something that Lee talks about a lot. He's like, you know, it's really easy to lose the kind of imposter syndrome when you realize how nobody in these jobs has any fucking idea what they're doing. And and they're like just incredibly hapless corporate, you know, tools that are put into those positions. So, um, but yeah, well, I, I, keep, I just hope oh, yeah, the God. establishment keeps underestimating these people and keeps thinking, you know, Oh, that's just a fluke. Oh, that's just a fluke. That one over there is just a fluke. And then eventually it's like, Oh shit. Now it's, you know, now you've got I a mean, third of the Democratic Party is, is openly socialist. Right. And there are many, you know, socialists coming up. And I'm not talking about social Democrats. I'm talking about like actual socialists that are running. Me too. And they're <laughs> proud of it. And they're yeah. proud of it. And I feel like if we can push them over that finish line, you know, things are really going to start changing quickly because people are going to see that, you know, it's possible to, you know, have politicians that are actually there for you and we can start to change things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I want to keep reading Gwen's uh, thread here. So, uh, and this is, again, examples of boomers, you know, the boomerism uh, infecting uh, activist politics. Uh, boomer socialist activists repeatedly trying to infiltrate younger, more energetic organizations in an effort to siphon off and poach younger members, 2009 to date. Uh, boomer paid labor organizers refusing, uh, r- refused to organize... Uh, Hang on. <laughs> Boomer paid labor organizers refused to engage in younger intersectional labor movements, building student power, then attempt to co-opt student chapters as free activist labor without ever engaging the movement uh, that supported slash helped build them uh, in parentheses all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something you see all the time is just this attempt to co-opt uh, this kind of young and intersectional energetic energy towards these policies and put them into you know just these these milquetoast bland uh corporate capitalist prop up you know causes and it's it's just right and also they use you know 
these beliefs that these younger organizers have and they'll tell them that like this is what they're fighting for so they can get some free labor out of it and they're the first ones to stab them in the back or you know once they start getting involved with these projects they're like well this isn't really what we're doing here um you know i've been part of that and it's you know it's it's horrible yeah Absolutely. In a, in a small way, um, that it swings the other way too. Where uh, with with a lot of direct action mm-hmm. campaigns, uh, there's a lot of recruitment of uh, older people because cops are less likely to beat the shit out of them. And you know, it's kind of like, well, if everyone has to get arrested once, here's a big pool of people who want to do something. You know about the climate change or whatever who are sympathetic but are maybe not quite in the place where they're ready to do something like that and young people can kind of help them get there uh i was at a very large uh training seminar where it was it was kind of like trying to get a bunch of old like uh, sierra club members to be down for like blocking train tracks and get arrested and they were like but can't i just write my congressman and it was like oh my god this fucking cliche <laughs> i was like no we can't do that anymore we can't write our congress uh, people anymore because they're not doing anything this is, we don't have time to fuck around with this shit anymore. And it's great that you met them and donated to their campaign, but they're not going to fucking do anything for you. They just right. won't. Yeah. And, then, but, and you know, part of you can't, I mean, you can blame them, but part of you, a part of me at least, understands why they think that because there was a time where at least to some extent, you know, maybe in the 60s and 70s, you could write your congressperson and at least have that person consider that idea without being like, well, yeah, you know, I'm just not even going to consider this because I'm being paid, you know, $40,000 into my reelection campaign from Exxon Mobil. So I'm not going to back this fracking ban, no matter how many people send me letters saying that they think I should oppose it. Like, I don't care. It's it's that fucking bullshit uh, respectability politics that boomers carry with them. Where, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, disrupting traffic, that's, that's being rude. Let's just write a letter. Like, no, you, you we, yeah. we, again, we don't have time for that. And we yeah. deal with that often out here. Um, but, you know, we have so it's funny because we have like a group that we can call and they're mostly like liberal women. You know, a lot of them are tired. Their husbands will drop them off at like direct actions and like <laughs> they're and, you know, they have the money, too. So if they're like, you know, if we get you know arrested, we're fine. You don't have to worry about our bail. You don't have to pull it out of the funds. You guys keep that for you. <laughs> and then you have, um, you know, other groups. um, where they're like, oh, can we call? Can we, you know, can I just post on Facebook? I'll, do you have a meme for that? <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, as soon as this politician who they like basically, you know, put all their eggs in that basket votes against something that they said that they were for or whatever, and that's what they were elected on, these people canvass for them. They want to do something, but it's always too late. It's always after, like, you know, we have something we call Long Island Six. They're like the new, um, you know, uh, IDC of New York um, and they they're the ones who were voted in as progressives and now they fucking literally kill every single bill that goes to the state legislature so and gross, these too. old yeah and these older people like voted for them because they said that they were for all these progressive things and then now they kill everything yeah yeah and now they um, want to do something, but it's like, hmm, why didn't you just like, you know, not vote for them or go protest while these bills were ongoing? But, you know, it's uh, kind of moving them into that other basket with the people that are ready to do something yesterday. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so it's I, I think I think most people have that tipping point. It's just how long they've been watching politics to know where that you know when it's finally like okay, I'm done fucking voting for Democrats. Like I'm, I'm gonna go fucking chain myself to a bulldozer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, unless they have a lot of money, and then that <laughs> that point never comes. Um, uh, Boomer Dems scold, bully, and sideline younger activists for even gently pushing for more intersectional and economic justice forward policy because they haven't, quote, paid their dues yet, 2004 to date. That's <laughs> completely ubiquitous in, in any kind of democratic circles. Uh, boomer feminists scoff at... Inter- oh, this is another big one. Boomer feminists scoff at intersectional feminists' unhappiness with Hillary's history of neoliberalism, self-veiled racism, and hawkishness. 2008 to 2017, and still on occasion now. Um, Boomer Willing Grace converted HRC donors who roll their eyes at trans and non-binary and queer identities, which is a huge fucking issue, even in like the the cis gay community, like especially like the rich, you know, cis gay like donors to the Democratic Party are not at all intersectional with the rest of the LGBT plus community. Right. That's something, yeah, that, that members of massive that community racism, complain about. Massive racism, massive transphobia. Constantly. Yeah, yep. Pete Buttigieg is a great example. Like, Pete Buttigieg, oh, yeah. I haven't heard Pete Buttigieg mention trans rights a single time in this fucking campaign. Like, that's, it's just not even on his radar. You think, right. like, the first ever gay candidate would be talking about, you know, expanding LGBT, LGBT plus rights for everybody. He can't. You want to know why? Because he's very much of that boomer mindset where they need to... Um, you know, pander to those not Republicans scare, not in the scare suburbs. Anyone. Yeah, yeah. And conversely, Bernie, you know, as mayor in Burlington, uh, the city became known as a trans mecca uh, right. in in Vermont. I mean, not that yeah, the there's that many cities in in Vermont, but uh, yeah, that that was really you know when I was really I was pushed outside of, of electoral politics by Obama because I was just like, all right, I'm not getting fooled again by any fucking one of these motherfuckers. And when Bernie started to run, I was still kind of like, eh, you know, I've heard, you know, lots of good things about Bernie, but now he's running as a Democrat, which disappointed me. Uh, but that's when I really started to look at his mayor record, and I was blown away at all the things he did in, in uh, what, eight, nine years as mayor there, and what he ran on, too. Um, you know, running against a gentrified privatization of the waterfront, and he wanted to instead make the waterfront public, have a bunch of public amenities. Um, founding the largest community land trust in North America. Bernie Sanders did that, right? Uh, Him and Jane opened up the uh, longest running, still open today, all-ages punk venue in North America. Like, that... And if you're, you're, you know, not 21 yet, and you're in a band, all-ages venues are the only place you can play, right? And and from where where does the best punk come from? It comes from fucking teenagers, Right, yeah. that punk angst comes from a place. By the yeah, time you're 25, 25, you're, you're fucking not done. <laughs> you know, right. so if you don't have an working all-ages, at, you're, like you working at a bank, like what what the fuck are you raging <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah, <laughs> and it's hard to keep an all-ages venue open for that kind of artistic creativity because there's no liquor to sell, right? right. So it's it's not profitable. Like you really have to subsidize all-ages venues. So yeah, you know, it's actually I know an we're incredibly all... positive community, which people I don't think realize for for it young really teens. It really is. It really is. Like if you're community. if you're close with anyone who's been a musician, and you know the age that you get they get into it. It's it's like fourteen, fifteen, mm-hmm. and you got to have a place for them to 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 do their music, to do their we art. Had many on Long Island. All my friends were in bands. Some of them actually still are. They you know they're traveling the world, and um, you know they took it further, obviously, but. Um, 
it's it was really important to all of us. The music scene was everything on Long Island. We didn't really yeah. have anything else, you know. I mean, you guys were like almost spoiled with riches on Long Island. With oh the my gosh, bands all the had. time. Like, and my friends were in some of like the Sunday, big ones. Brand new, yes, you know, fuck it, just some of my favorite bands. Of my, my friends childhood, toured with Run. them. Yeah, really? my friends toured with them. So I got to go to a lot of shows. It was great. Yeah. Weird, you know, pedo stuff aside <laughs> with, with Jesse Lacey. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let me continue with this thread. <clears throat> sure. Uh, my, uh, quote, unquote, my generation marched in Birmingham. Boomers who never marched a day in their lives but call Black Lives Matter a bridge too far. Uh, quote, our parents fought Nazis. Your generation yours, uses the word Nazis too lightly, boomers, who never fought Nazis but feel justified in lecturing me about how my energy would be better spent working on a low-stakes local state house race, uh, 2019. Uh, oh, and then she and then that was her end of the things, but then she clarifies what we were talking about. Okay, boomer refers to a very specific generational mindset almost always white and middle class that's about resenting younger folks for not worshiping boomers for coexisting with the civil rights movement uh, or entertaining their fantasy of being geniuses who save the world. Uh, it's an expression of a frustration that's probably pretty much the same as the frustration boomers uh, felt when greatest generationers uh, who never actually served in any way demanded respect for being the generation that fought the Nazis. Uh, I'm actually a huge believer in honoring movement elders and their wisdom and experience, but part of taking uh, on the status of a movement elder is making the decision to step back from day-to-day -day operational leadership and step into a role of statesmanship and advisory role. Uh, in movement work, the boomer mentality has shown up as a refusal to make room for new leaders. This is really important. As shown up as a refusal to make room for new leaders by training them, creating openings in operational leadership, and encouraging the succe uh, succeeding generation to create uh, creatively lead in new ways. It's not that older folks, boomers included, can't lead operationally. It's that a big part of leadership is building and empowering the next generation of leaders so that they have direct experience they need to lead wisely when the previous generation is gone. Um, and there's a lot more, but that, that and, and really sums up the gist, to, I to think. Speak, yeah, to speak to that, you know, Bernie uh, released his immigration plan today, uh, and it was basically put out there by uh, one of his campaign trying to find it right now um well, one of woman, his one of his staffers uh, who's actually Sisa, a doctor who's only 25 recipient. yeah only 25 years old saying we wrote this plan for our, our immigrant community we have been promised immigration form for far too long and this plan says we need action now because our community cannot keep suffering uh she's actually a, a press secretary for sanders and she's only she's only 25 and she's right? undocumented and, which yeah. is, right. you know, it really puts her at risk even coming forward, like, to, so, to, to be in politics the way she is. Yeah. One more example, Bernie is not a boomer because he doesn't have an, a sense of entitlement about, mm -hmm. you know, being from a certain age. Well, you know, like we said, he's, he's Bernie's the original guy. That, Bernie's the original guy saying, OK, boomer to these fucking boomers, you know, back in <laughs> right, the 80s. Right. I want to hear him say, like, that girl from... Uh, New Zealand did in the middle of Oh, my of God. Her. So good. <laughs> oh, that was so, so actually funny. Have a beat. Wait, I have the audio from that. I'll play the audio from that. Real Do you quick. have the audio of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real, uh, real quick before you yeah, play yeah. that, before I forget. It, it, it's, you know, the people that actually went and fought World War II never bragged about it. I've never seen footage of somebody who was a World War II veteran saying, well, I went and fought the Nazis, or I went and fought, like, because they, it was a, a terrifying experience. It was not a, f a thing you would ever brag about. It was like, yeah, we had to go do that, and I don't want to talk about it. For the you know, they all came back, like, super, you know, anti-war and being like, yeah, I never want to, to even, you know, 
discuss that again. Not yeah, that yeah, the boomers are like the generation in between that and the Vietnam generation. They were the basically. kids, right? Yeah. They were the kids that got to uh, grow up with all of the uh, prosperity. The FBR, or FDR, FBR. God damn it! <laughs> Follow back resistance bullshit. FDR instituted that benefited all the children of the people that fought in World War II. Exactly. Exactly, which, you know, we, we then then their kids, the boomers, allowed Reagan and the other fucking bloodsuckers to come in and dismantle to the point where there's no social safety net whatsoever. And all the things that allowed them to prosper and to buy, you know, houses with high school educations no longer fucking exist for any of us. So, right. again, thanks. <laughs> thanks, boomers. <laughs> but here, so this, this uh, New Zealand politician was um, giving a speech on climate change in their parliament and uh one of some right-wing you know chud par- uh member of parliament was like heckling her during it so d- just listen to her flawless fucking response to him in the middle of her speech mr speaker how many world leaders for how many decades have seen and known what is coming but have decided that it is more politically expedient to keep it behind closed doors my generation and the generations after me do not have that luxury In the year 2050, I will be 56 years old. Yet, right now, the average age of this 52nd parliament is 49 years old. Okay, Boomer. Our current political institutions have proven themselves incompetent in thinking outside of a short political term. So yeah, just just totally like seamless, like in the middle of her fight. She, she didn't even waste any breath doing it. It was Amazing. just like <laughs> unbelievable. Yes, I love how she. I love, how they pronounce I love the way New Zealand New Zealand people that talk. It's yeah, my just husband such a, has family there, so whenever they yeah. come, it's really funny. And then also the other half of the family's in London, so it's like you can compare the two. It's just hilarious. Isn't there? And they have that like awesome <laughs> prime minister too, right? The the the, the one who did, uh, cares like, about people. Yeah, cares so, about people. Like I mean, bandit, in or, a certain way, but I also feel like does she have shit lib qualities? Yeah, social democracy, right? Okay, so yeah. yeah, that's basically so better than a president we've ever had, but still problematic in in ways. Yeah, still problematic. Still, you know, a lot of like big on you know platitudes. Really big on. Um, I guess photo ops and stuff like that, like pretending like she cares, and mm-hmm. then, you know, not so much. A lot like That's Trudeau, exactly. right? They they yeah. put a good, good <laughs> like, but okay. not as bad, right? But they put across like a really good face compared to like what's under. But not blackface. Not blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Trudeau, no. Trudeau is like the worst. Trudeau is like if Cory Booker was our president. Like that's the tr- that's the level of like shamelessness that Trudeau has in, in his. Oh, what's in his what's that um, that that show the guy has on Netflix where uh, he just had an episode that Netflix pulled from Saudi Arabia. Oh, Hassan oh, Minaj. Minaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I haven't watched a lot of that guy's show, but I watched the one he did on Trudeau, and it is fucking brutal. Because he's just like saying, he's like interviewing Trudeau and just saying like, so what the fuck's up with this? Like, That's the guy who actually should have gotten Daily Show. Like, oh, he's absolutely. Not, he's not absolutely. great, but he's way better than Trevor Noah. Like he's, he oh would have been. God, Trevor Noah was such a fucking hack. I cannot. Such a fuck. He's not even funny. Like, I don't understand. No. His humor is not funny. Like, I how think is he this... could be funny if he was smart. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he's like, a fucking idiot. Like he, he has really like is. good mannerisms and he sounds nice and he's very, very easy on the eyes. Which is exactly why he was hired. Yeah, exactly. 
So they figured I mean, like all the libs would like want to throw their panties at the TV. Sure. <laughs> well, in like to your point, Jules, you know, he is just as much of a tool of the establishment as uh, John Oliver, but at least John Oliver oh, is yeah. funny. <laughs> at least John Oliver can tell a joke. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? John Oliver is also um, a lot more scripted than, you know, his um, than his show. Yeah. yeah. He has yeah, better writers and all that. A lot of people left with he John he took. I was going to say, he took a lot of, like, Stewart's, and, like, good writers. And, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. exactly. And then the rest of them went over to Colbert, so. Oh, God. What a fucking Another one. he's turned into. <laughs> What a just absolute disappointment. It's, so it's so disappointing. It's horrible. But you know what? Most of these comedians are fucking terrible. Um, you know, they're all terrible, but like, can we talk about how people still listen to fucking Bill Maher? Oh, jeez. I- I, it, it, I, it's unbelievable. He's the how Barry much Weiss worse of comedy. He really is. He's, he is the Barry Weiss of comedy. That's a great. That's a great analogy. He it, has her out a, as a guest like once a month too. He, no, he loves her. It, uh, it's it's amazing to me how much worse he's gotten in in like the the three a years year. since the 2016. Yeah, no, just in the last year, he's always been bad, but he was never this bad. He is like two fucking election cycles away from like being Milo Yiannopoulos. Like he's so bad now. Well, I don't understand the, how he's so bad. Since the last bad. election, he's, he's gotten heckled a lot for his fucking terrible opinions and also yeah. for being a huge bigot. Like these transphobic comments and, you know, all this other shit. Like these things don't fly with most people that he would consider his base. So exactly. what has he done? He brings on fucking CIA and, you know, fascist all well, the fucking and he, time. And he's unbearably smug and he oh digs God, his heels in. So I think the fact that people have actually been giving him shit for all of his horrible anti-comedy uh, has really like irked him and forced him even further to the right. I think that's right. it's partially like that he's such a smug prick by nature that he's like right. it, it's been forced into for a while moving. To, yeah, for sure. I, I, and I've mentioned this uh, at least a couple times on the show. Just uh, real quick, in in the summer of 2011, Bill Maher said on his show that the Democrats needed their own Tea Party. N- not that they would be like crazy and racist, but just like a, a, a group within wise. the. I remember this. A, yeah. A group within the Democratic Party that was just like, I don't give any fucks. And that's how yeah. the Democrats could win. Right. Two so months we're doing later, that as socialists. Two months like, later, Occupy Wall Street not starts. This way. And he's like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. And he even like went down Occupy Wall Street to check it out. And there's like footage of him walking around like sneering at people because he didn't like Ugh. the way they looked and he didn't like their drum circles and didn't like their chants and everything. And it's like, well, why don't he, he went back on a show and said, yeah, I think Occupy Wall Street is terrible. They won't even like elect a candidate. I'm like, dude, it's been there for like literally two weeks. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like give a movement some time. Right. And then, of course, once the movement kind of rallies around a, a socialist candidate that understands material conditions, he's like, no, no, I don't like that Bernie Sanders. He's he's no, he's too far. It's too far. Yeah. And 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 which is funny because he had he would have Bernie on all the time. That's one of the reasons I knew who Bernie was is because Bernie would go on a show like before anyone knew who he was really in like 2013, 2014. And it was always like, who is this fucking guy? He's amazing. Like he's this great. This guy's like a senator and he's this crazy fucking socialist. And like, you know, everyone's like scolding him, but he's he makes more sense than anyone that Bill would have on the panel. And Bill used to agree with him a lot. Now he doesn't even fucking do that anymore. Like he's moved so far to the right that he doesn't even. You know, understand. Yeah, but it, it, fuck Bill Maher. But um, yeah. So, but, but yeah. So I mean, I think you know the, the boomer thing is 
we, we've said time and time again, like, guys, like, I know there are some of you who are boomers, like, statistically, who listen to this show. And who are also fantastic. Yeah. But it's it doesn't not, apply to you, so stop being mad. <laughs> and you need, to, you need to recognize the people in your generation who, in large majority, are terrible and vote for these awful fucking people. The same way I recognize the, the, the you know, the right-wing chuds from my generation who support Trump. Like, it's just... They're, but uh, that's not nearly the the majority. That's a small minority. But still, you right. need to you know you need to call out the people around you who are, who are doing wrong. Like you right, can't. and they'll actually respect these other older people if they're the ones that are speaking out. They're not asking us to be civil with them. Like, exactly. why aren't you out there? Like, you know, doing what we're doing because at least you're on their level. They're just going to tell us we're children, even if we're like almost forty years old, and that we don't know what we're doing. Well, that's that's the whole thing. Is that the boomer? generation infantilizes younger generations because uh, statistically we can't afford the things that they afforded so they act like that generation is uh childish immature when really it's like we have dealt with more shit than they've dealt with but it's just but we've not been given the economic opportunity to advance in society the way they have like so that's I, i think that's the biggest uh, cause of friction between like boomers and millennials right now is that that they look at us like we're their fucking kids who never grew up and never left the house because nobody can afford to leave their fucking parents' houses because it's you know insanely right. expensive. You, you can't afford a two bedroom home anywhere in America on minimum wage. Not a single state in America can you afford a two bedroom house on uh, if you work forty hours a week making minimum wage. Exactly. And people that used to make minimum wage in the seventies could pay their way through fucking college and then g- go on to buy houses. So right. my, my grandfather is a chef. He made like, I don't know, maybe 80, 90,000. My grandmother never worked my, and this is back in the seventies. My dad went to Cornell in 1979. It was $3,800 a semester. <laughs> yeah. And the, and they lived in New York city, right? Unbelievable. It's 60,000. It's $68,000 <laughs> a semester right now. 68,000. A semester. Oh, sorry, a year. That's oh, but still, so, it's that's oh, insane. That's tired. fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah, a year. So it was thirty eight hundred dollars at the time for the year, and but I think he was only going like um, part time there, and then he was traveling because he's a chef, and then um, so basically his semester was like his year, and the rest of it was spent abroad. But um, yeah, so it's like my my grandmother never worked. My grandfather was a chef as well, and he wasn't making like that much by today's standards, but. It was enough for, you know, five of them to live comfortably in a house. Yeah. Yeah. In New York City. No, no. no, there are no couples where both couples, both members of that couple. And even if you're one person making that amount of money, you're having several roommates living in New York City. You know, if you have a partner and they're making about the same, you might get by, but you're renting and you're renting something small in a not so great area. Like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's what it is. Uh, Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's. Yeah, and so and again, that's and the and they and that's the biggest cause I think of friction and resentment between our two generations, is is that that you know uh, that tr- need to talk down to us when it's their fault that we're in the situation we're in. So, so why again, does it seem like it's it's so much boomers versus millennials, but Gen X and Zoomers are sitting this out? Like, is it? 
<laughs> well, Zoomers don't really have any power yet. Some of them like still weren't even like voting um, in yeah. the last election. Um, but they're coming up and they're coming up big time. Like I feel yeah. like they're going to be they're, they're the gonna generation gl- they're that's gonna, going yeah. to hold hands with us. We're, we're <laughs> going to absorb them because they're going to experience the exact same issues with boomers that we experience. Exactly. Boomers haven't let go of the levers of power. So right. In the and fucking Gen X 10 years was a been. small right. And Gen X was a smaller uh, generation, and also they were all raised by the boomers. So a lot of them also have like this weird centrist ideology where they kind of just like, eh, let me just watch. Let me see what's going to happen. I don't really want to get involved. Civility is everything. And that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Well, they were, they were raised but culturally on, a, on, on like pop culture from the nineties was extremely apathetic and extremely nihilistic. And, and that yes. was, that's intentional. Like some of it see, was, some of it was, but, but Gen X did one thing that I think was a gift to the future. It was it made a movie that I think was a little window into like the, the future of how shit's gonna suck economically for millennials and other that. generations. <laughs> Reality Bites. Reality oh, Bites yeah, is yeah. a movie about people that can't fucking afford to feed themselves trying to live in Seattle when the rent's getting jacked up. Uh, and, and about, you know, also public transportation and Pearl Jam and Sound Gardens, the movie and everything. And I remember watching <laughs> that movie in like the early 90s going, Wow, that's like I I want to move to a big city someday. Like that's gonna, like yeah. I don't necessarily want to have to live with like a, like twelve roommates to be able to afford a house, you know. Uh, so yeah, not, not, I mean I, I'm sort of joking, obviously, about the movie having that much impact. But I no, remember but that being kind of like shit a, like that does have an impact. So like if there are sure, people making, yeah. you know. Like, I think people 20 years, 10, 20 years from now are going to look back at movies like Sorry to Bother You and say, like, oh, fuck. Like, they, you know, he was trying to warn us back, the, you know, back in the back in the aughts. Like, it, it so I, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, it's important that people make that kind of art because that message doesn't get across otherwise. Um, yeah. So, oh, and real briefly, you mentioned Bernie's immigration plan. Just briefly, you know, I, had, I, I read over it a little bit while I was on my lunch break today and. Uh, you know, among the amazing things that he does is not only does he abolish ICE in the bill, he abolishes CBP, Customs Border Protection, and rolls all of those uh, duties and responsibilities back to the original agencies that used to enforce them. I mean, and, you know, obviously we would want anyone to go further and, you know, decriminalize, uh, uh, you know, immigration altogether. But it's it's the furthest left policy I've ever, ever seen on immigration from a from a presidential candidate. Um, it completely decriminalizes border crossing, um, creates like a five-year easy path to citizenship for every undocumented uh, uh, like person in America right now. And there, there was just a ton of amazing provisions that you don't hear anyone talking about, even like the people who are decent on immigration. Like, well, no one's you know, going to talk about it until Liz Warren uh, adopts a watered-down version of it in about two weeks. And then it'll be all <laughs> that MSNBC talks about and all right. the jank Unger talks about yeah yeah so yeah um and of course as i mentioned earlier monmouth poll uh biden 23 percent warren 23 percent bernie 20 percent bernie from the last month's poll monmouth poll went up five points warren went down five points biden went down two points so 
as we've seen in a lot of these polls, Bernie's surging. Warren, as you said, has plateaued, and Biden, like, LOL. He's not even going to be. I honestly you know. still don't even believe these polls. I no, feel I, don't, like I don't either. I agree. Yeah, but. they're definitely calling, like, older people, you know, landlines and whatnot. But how good and is that? And also the same people repeatedly. But how good is that, that he's even starting to overtake them in these really rigged polls it's great it's great I, I mean it's telling i just feel like it's been bullshit from the beginning oh, of course of course yeah. i mean we've, we've yeah. we know like you know we <laughs> look at fucking polling in michigan in 2016 to, to tell you how bullshit some of these but polling I, methodologies oh, yeah, are sure. warren it's not even that warren doesn't have a ground game it's that she doesn't realize she needs one no she almost the same as hillary uh she doesn't roots. see any value in movement building has done none of that uh she's i mean she's not campaigning for down ballot uh candidates right. either i haven't seen her do any of that so it's it's just like bernie again he's he's building the movement and the media can ignore it but i mean by all means keep underestimating bernie sanders because yeah. uh w- when the votes start getting counted um, those polls are gonna be pretty fucking laughable Right, and then there's that other problem with, like, all of these primaries and, you know, what are they going to do in these states? So that's really important to watch out for, too. Um, And also calling it out early on. We can't, like, wait till the end when they're like, oh, we're going to have a contested convention or whatever. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely going to try that shit. Yeah, for sure. That's why we need to make sure Bernie crushes in the primaries. You don't just wait it out until the end and, like, hope that everything, you know, the just works out it's not going to i saw a tweet from associated press uh the other night on the election saying that the kentucky governor race was too close to call i was like are you fucking kidding me you called the california primary the day before the anyone had actually (laughs) voted voted in it you fucking pieces of shit well you know um bevin lost like pretty significantly but it's close enough that uh they're trying to steal that election they're trying to pull some bullshit with their supreme court <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, where uh, they're they're basically like, oh yeah, no. Well, well, the state legislature will will obviously you know certify those election results, and uh, yeah, he's, he's doing the Trump move of like, well, you know, there were a lot of voting irregularities, like no proof whatsoever, voting irregularities, and you know, voter fraud. It, it's just they're never going to accept the results of an election. So like, they're not because they're a bunch of piss babies. But at the same time. Bashir is also, you know, like the prince of Kentucky. So I feel like if they were going to do it like what they did to Abrams or whatever, it's not it's going to be somebody that's kind of relatively unknown, has the backing of like a lot of working people and also like is way more to the left. They're not really going to I feel like they might be threatening it, but I don't feel like it's going to hold with somebody like They want to keep the option on the table, but yeah, you're, you're Oh right. yeah, they, they want they want it to like look like they fought for something, you know what I mean? Yeah. It gets the I mean, base riled right. up and it gets on both sides. Yeah. To, and of course, he's just too right. well known for them to pull that shit yeah. on on Bashir. Then, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, it won't. It won't stand. I mean, he'll he'll be the governor. He won, right. you know, yeah. fair and square. But that they'll, as you said, they're piss babies, and they'll do anything they can to. Uh, I, I forget her not name. Not take the L. Not take the L. It was the the young woman who was running for prosecutor in New York City that got uh, shafted in the recount. Oh, that was uh, was Zephyr. Oh no, Tiffany. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Cats just won. I fucking hate her so much. And she basically went on TV, like, with her, um, you know, winning speech and basically mirrored a lot of the things that Caban said that she wasn't for. So she's a fucking phony-ass bitch. She had, like, the backing of a lot of the, you know, 
the New York City establishment, you know, Queen's Machine and, right. you know, the police unions and all this other shit. And it's like, you're supposed to be the fucking prosecutor. Like, what are you doing? Or yeah, the you attorney. Know, you know who yeah. shouldn't fucking want you to win? The police union when you're a fucking running for a New York City prosecutor. That's not who, you, who you're supposed to be in fucking bed with. Exactly. But. But then she goes and she mirrors all of the things that Caban ran on, like, oh, we're fighting for, you know, social and economic justice. And it's like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like, you've been in office for how long? You, you're you not yeah. doing anything. She yeah, was the Queensboro president. She's not doing shit. It was like when Hillary was like, well, we, you know, together we drafted the most progressive policy platform any yeah, Democrat ever. Bullshit. Like, jerk yeah. off motion right here. Yeah. Together with, with all of my fucking fracking lobbyists who fought tooth and nail to push all of these provisions out of the platform, right. we drafted the most progressive right. uh, and platform. She was, she, and guess who was one of her biggest surrogates? Cats. Fucking Crowley. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah, they stole. <sighs> they, 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 and he works for an oil lobbyist right now, right? Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah. a lobbyist right now. It's, they they absolutely fucking threw back. I mean, Tiffany Caban won the initial vote. Count. Oh, yeah. There's no way they didn't fucking... By thousands of votes. They threw out like three Throw away votes. votes. And they wouldn't count a bunch of provisional ballots, too, which she would have probably oh, yeah. won on because that typically... By several more thousand. ...disenfranchises, you know, black and brown right. communities who voted for her disproportionately. So, you know, it, it's fucking gross. So that's why we need to just overwhelmingly wallop them in these elections. Otherwise, they'll never let uh, an actual win stand so right you know but i'm, I'm hopeful start dragging them out of bed and beating them in the streets that's what we need to do <laughs> there we go there yeah. we go now we're getting sure. to the <laughs> to, sure. to the to, to our real views at the now we're getting <laughs> to that point where we're about to be cut off we're an hour and 40 minutes in the masks are coming off yeah now for it's sure. all good. Um, but <laughs> start talking about the all Paris right, well, commune and putting the bosses up against the wall you know, the wood chipper face first. <laughs> All right. Well, no gulag think- for you. Straight to wood chipper. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for us this week before we, we all get raided by the CIA. So, uh, <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, rate, uh, help out the show, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. Uh, share the show out on SoundCloud. Um, check out our uh, Watchmen review. If you're watching Watchmen, you know, as we mentioned earlier, like two two hours ago, um, go check out our review. We really (laughs) do like a deep dive, like do like an hour and a half on it every week. We really talk about, uh, you know, our theories for where the show's going, the historical implications of some of the things that they depict, like the 1921, you know, Tulsa massacre, the bombing of Black Wall Street. We talk about the, uh, the, 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 leftist roots of the show why why it's you know we're uh, we're seeing the show that's like basically focused on you know reparations not only for uh disenfranchised black communities but for native americans for um victims of japanese internment camps this is all like built into the lore of the show so it's a really interesting deep dive not not purely just on the surface level you know it's not your surface level like Marvel, you know, you know, bullshit movie. Like as no, much this, as, this this show as much as I enjoy about those something yeah. as much as the original shit. comic was. Uh, Alan Moore, who wrote it, to be a very heavy critique of the Reagan administration by you know shifting it to like what if Nixon was president for you know twenty five years. Yeah, uh, I, I'd love to see some of the reactions from people that are like, why is it all political now? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Alan Moore was an anarchist. There's there's like a Facebook big group boomer energy in that couple oh, couple sure. Facebook groups that I've been posting some of this stuff in of uh, memes and 
uh, the podcast, of course, and you know, there's people who've been posting photos of Alan Moore, who wrote the comic back in the '80s, like with his hammer and sickle T-shirt he wore very often. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was probably yeah, like very... one of three shirts he owned, knowing him. But... Oh, right, right, right. Um, so. Yeah, and again, yeah, again, and, he, and that's a that's a mark of how worthwhile a show is when a bunch of right wing piss babies like review bomb it on Rotten Tomatoes, like where it's got 91 percent critic, you know, support, but like. 68% audience support like that you, that's when you know a show's really fucking good when you think they would just tune the in because babies, you know, there's a, a white supremacist terrorist group you know like yeah the, no they they, they would tune so in think the 7th cavalry are like the, the heroes of the show like, yeah you know? like they root for the villain already like why wouldn't they would just do that with this show <laughs> it's too tr- it's too obvious that they're the villain like in real life they can pretend that you know, Ted Cruz is fighting for the little guy. Like. <laughs> the liberals will. Yeah. Alyssa Milano will be on the front lines of that. Oh, good God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So check out, check out our Watchmen review. Check out our movie reviews. You can find that all at soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, if you want to ch- uh, join us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash move left. Uh, if you want to pick up any merch from the show, tinyurl.com slash move left merch I am on Twitter at move underscore left uh, oh that, I guess that was yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter that's your cue buddy it's smut collector with an ER not an OR and, and I am at spicy socialista yep and we will see you next week